Welcome. The? To episode... Three. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Today is Friday. It's not, it's Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> what a good start. Oh. Still got it. Welcome everyone to episode three of Two Flat Whites. I'm Alex. And I'm Laura. We, we are two. <laughs> uh, we are talking over each other. We are two existential millennials posing as adults, just trying to stay alive. Well, well, well. Here we are again. Fancy seeing you here in this boudoir, this recording studio. <laughs> boudoir. Gym. Is that French for bedroom? I thought it was French for brothel. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's meant to sound fancy, like come to my boudoir. Ah. I don't know. People well, that like makes more French. sense. People like to pretend to be French. Because I hear the word French. boudoir a lot. It probably doesn't mean all my friends are referencing brothels all the time. <laughs> Welcome to my brothel. <laughs> anyway, um, wow. Well, it's been a time. It's been a hot minute. It's been a hot minute. How was your week? My, my last week or the 52 weeks before that since we podcasted last? Yes, it's been 52 weeks. 53 53. So a year and one week since we Fuck. last had what? Hug bug? What does that mean? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's been 52 weeks since my last hug bug. <laughs> and I can't go. Where is my hug bug now? <laughs> <laughs> we gotta cut this shit out. <laughs> I didn't. I'm weeping. What did you actually? I said, "Oh fuck," because I didn't realize it had been a week and a half. You dingbat. What do you mean a week and a half? <laughs> Sorry. Look, we need to stop. It's been a week and a half. Oh, no, no, keep it rolling. We'll cut it. When you said. <laughs> I was like, 53 weeks. You're like, ah, so it's been a year and a week. I was like, oh, fuck. It's been a year and a week. Not humbug. <laughs> oh, humbug. Oh, hugbug. Oh, fuck my... Okay, well... Fuck my tear trenches. I don't know how to... It's been It's been a long time since we podcasted last, right? Yeah. <laughs> a long time. It's been a year. Why are you laughing again? Just stop. Is Did it because... Just... But... Did you just burn? No, I didn't burp. Did I? I think you did. Did you? Like it's gonna come up. Look, silence. Silence. This is going so well. Get yourself together, man. Um, yeah, something. Um, so we we set up our last recording. <laughs> last, Stop last, screaming. Last. We've gone and got the gaggles, don't we? The when gaggles. <laughs> when you're in school and you shouldn't be laughing and you can't stop. And you get the gaggles. <laughs> Just got a mad case of the gags. <laughs> so, the last time we met to properly podcast, I came to your house and there was a bit of a thing starting to blow up a bit. Yes, that thing being... COVID. COVID-19. COVID-19... Ruined the world. Um, mm. So there's this big, yeah, chunk of time, 12 months in between um, now and when we recorded our last episode. Was it even when we recorded our last one, though, or were we editing? Yeah, we probably finished editing our I'm last. I'm pretty sure our last recording was from 2019. One yeah, of our I last episodes, right. we said something like, oh my God, can you believe it's November 2019? Yeah, so it's been a really long time. So yeah, COVID-19 hit the planet, hit Australia in March last year, and... Um, you moved to Angaratta. I did. So we were separated by 200 kilometers of empty air and we couldn't do it anymore. So Yeah, we weren't within five kilometers of each other. No. <clears throat> oh, what a crazy time. So for everyone who's not in Australia, we're actually doing really well now not to be like a wanker and rub it in. But we had very strict restrictions, particularly mm. in Victoria, for months and months and months, like nine months, essentially. Uh, yeah. But now we're much better for it overall as a country. We pretty much are fully open now. We don't even have to wear masks anywhere except for no. public transport, maybe. Yeah, and supermarkets. They just changed them again. Yeah. Oh, did they change it again? They were reducing masks again, but I don't know. I think it's just PT now. 
It just feels like we're we're recording this in a completely different time to where we were last recording. Like it, it feels like a different world now. And we so much has humans. happened. Yeah. Yeah. So we thought we'd start off the episode with a bit of a catch up because it doesn't really make sense to just pretend like it's been a week when it's been fifty three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Hug bug. Yeah. Massive. Massive year. Everything. Everything is totally different. We spent most of our of the last twelve months inside our houses. Yeah, where we are today. Still inside. Still inside. Have never left. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so what did you do in the last um, bit over a year since we last recorded? What did you do in 2020, essentially? In 2020, right. Well, um, just, uh, when was it? So last year, Nick and I bought our first home. Mm-hmm. So that's something that's different. We moved in the day before we got sent into our first lockdown in Victoria. So that was bit nifty mm. lucky um so yeah we literally moved house and then didn't leave our house for months it's it was a really strange experience um yeah that was basically it bought a house that was pretty huge so we've just been in here um tossing our money away mm. every month which is great but we're not tossing it to someone else's mortgage now we're tossing it over to our own which is great <laughs> sound really enthusiastic. Nah, it is good. It's a good feeling. Mm. It's a very nice house too. You oh, thank did you. Well. Thank I you like much. it. Mm. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, well, that's thank God. Thing, isn't it? I would tell you if I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What did your last twelve months consist of? Well, I moved back in with my parents, which was actually really nice. Um, when I moved back from England, I spent three months living with them. And I was like, oh, yeah, this isn't so bad. Um, and then when COVID hit, there was talk about possibly going into lockdown for three weeks. And I was like, cool, I can spend three weeks with my parents. Mm. So I packed up three weeks worth of stuff and drove to my parents' house 200 kilometers away in the country where COVID pretty much just didn't exist, which was great. Um, but then, you know, nine months later, you know, gyms were closed. Everything was closed. So mm. I got into quite a good routine of getting up, going for a walk or a run, and then going for another walk with mother into the city where one of two coffee places was open. Pretty No, two of ten. Anyway. Into the like, city, like into you the mean city. Wangaratta As in, city. Yes, the, 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 the heart three of... three buildings the, in Wangaratta. <laughs> pretty much. The little tiny street. It's, I don't know, there's like 30,000 people there. But yeah, there were like two coffee places open for a good six months. We'd get our coffees and we would stroll and... I would read and I would do some centre workouts and then I would repeat again every day for nine months. And I played the piano and I just did some creative shit and I started a minimalist YouTube channel. Um, Oh, and I started a master's degree, which I'm now about to ditch because it's too expensive and it's a waste of time. Um, Yeah. That's it. Nice. And now you're back in Melbourne. Now I'm back in Melbourne. We are reunited. Mm. We are. It's weird. A lot of people are sort of just saying, I don't think 2020 counts. And I, I kind of agree with that. It just seems like such a random year. And I can't oh. believe it actually flew by as... Well, in a way, I think it flew by and in a way it didn't. It was a strange year in that it felt like it was lasting forever. Mm. But, I mean, now it, I mean, now that it's over, I guess, it does, it's not really over. But it it went by in a bit of a flash. But while we were in it, it was like the most drawn out experience and most exhausting experience that like I think we've ever gone through. Mm. Um, because it was just one thing after the other in in lockdown, out of lockdown, you know, you felt like a prisoner in your own house. Almost. We weren't allowed to leave our house after eight o'clock at night. We had to stay indoors. It was just so intense. Um, had to wear masks all the time. Even if you were just on a walk, um, you couldn't travel more than five kilometers from your house. Mm. You only had four reasons that you were allowed to leave your house. Like nuts. Mm. Anyway. Oh, you know, we didn't do anything about jobs. I'll just, I'll note as well, in my, in the previous podcast, I'm talking about having four jobs, including acting. And now I have one job, which is alone acting, which we will sort of get into as the topic of this episode. But just as a bit of a refresher, um, yeah, acting's now my only job and podcasting and YouTubing, which Mm -hmm. don't actually bring me any money at the moment. But they might, that's, they might investments. It's a bit of a, just a bit, a bit of a life update. I finally left retail because everything just shut. Oh, speaking of acting, I 
managed to score a role in a fairly large television series in Australia. And I don't know if I can fully, like, just to be safe, I probably shouldn't say what it is. But I did that and I went for my fitting and I learned my lines and I filmed it. And now I think I'm filming some more after Easter, which is all very exciting because I feel like I was on the cusp of ditching acting and very stressed. And Mm. then it's like, ah... Now that you've started a different degree... Oh, I also started a degree in nutrition. Now that you've started a different degrees degree... Degrees all over the place. Degrees out the wazoo. Now that I've started looking into a different area... Here, Alex, here's a, a chance at something else. Right, so you don't want to say what TV show you were on, just in case... I'm not sure. I guess I could say the TV show, there's it, nothing about it. Um, Street Pals. Yes. Street Friends. The famous Australian show, Street Friends. Friends that... Reside on the same street. Yes, but not all of them do. Anyway, anyway. Um, I had a bit of an interesting week myself. Um, I resigned from my job. Who mm, told you to do that? I don't know. Yes, I'm very proud of you for ditching your job. Mm, I did that. And then on Tuesday night, I was poisoned. <laughs> oh, okay. This is the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I believe I was poisoned. I must hear more. Or is that the end? Because no, you, that's you it. still stand living before I, me. I do. I stand living before you. So Tuesday night, um, I was just bloody tired. Couldn't be bothered cooking dinner. Neither could Nick. So we got fish and chips for dinner hmm. from a, just our local. I won't say what the name of the store is. Not a street friend. Not a street friend. Not anymore. Never again. Anyway, we're into eating the most scrummy fish and chips I've ever eaten. And like... Okay, I was sitting there eating my fish and after about 20 minutes, I had like this weird, like my heart skipped a beat Mm. and I thought, oh, this sounds very romantic. It's not. Um, My heart just started going wild. It was just going off its nut. I could almost see my chest moving. It was fluttering and I was having these huge heart palpitations and at first I thought, oh, there's my anxiety again. Uh, my, my first thought is like, well, you're having I a panic attack. I was like, attack. oh, I'm, yeah, I'm having a panic attack. That's what I was thinking. Because, I mean, it has been quite a, a big week for me. Um, but I was like, no, I'm actually not anxious right now. And then, like, I thought, I'll just, it'll calm down. I just started, like, breathing. And I just kept eating my dinner. It just kept getting worse and worse. And then my heart started beating so fast that I, I've never, like, unless I've, I've been jogging, like, my heart has never... like beat this fast when I've been sitting down and resting. Mm. And I was saying to Nick, take me to the hospital. I'm having a heart attack. And he was like, no, you're not. And I was like, yes, I need to go somewhere. Like, this is ridiculous. My heart feels absolutely fucked. And I was like, do you feel any different? And he's like, no, I feel fine. So the night went on. I tried to just calm myself down. Um, It didn't go away. At one point I was lying on the spare room floor, just completely, I don't know, trying to, reason with myself that I wasn't going to die. And Nick's like, okay, dramatic. Well, yeah. And then we, we went to bed a couple of hours later and then Nick's chest started getting really tight and his heart started racing really fast. Oh, and we were both in bed until 3am just laying there like with intense heart rates. Why didn't you go to the hospital? Well, I asked to go to the hospital and Nick said I was being dramatic. Well... So you're both having really fucking weird symptoms after eating fish. Yeah. Was it a puffer fish that somebody didn't slice correctly? It was just a piece of flake. This is what you get for eating fish, you gross fish mongols. I like the fish. Anyway, well, I was like, surely... And I... Look... Oh, anyway, I don't... I just I just didn't know what to do with myself. And then I had to go into the office the next day. I had had four hours sleep, if that. And I still felt funny the next day. Yeah. So I was at work and... Um, one of my coworkers was like, oh, could it have been like mercury poisoning, like mercury in the fish? And I was like, maybe. And I'm like Googling like heart rate rising after eating fish and everything I Googled, it just said ways that, uh, proven facts of why fish lowers your heart rate, blah, 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 blah. And anyway, so I have no idea what happened, but anyway, I'm fine now. Wow. I just won't be going back there. You should get checked for parasites. Oh, why? I just thought bad meat, that yeah. it wouldn't affect you so quickly. Like if it was parasitic, it would, it would be different. 
anyway. I assume. I'm not that far into my nutrition degree to help you out here. Okay, well, enough about me being poisoned nearly half to death. Um, mm. Your recommendation for the week? Not fish. Not fish, no. Let's start with yours. Mine? Yes. What's your recommendation of the week? Because I thought of one and I've forgotten. So after you. Oh my God. Okay. So I've been using this app called Poop Map. Oh, gross. <laughs> oh, it's not. Everyone poos, Alex. <laughs> I have pooped today. Everyone poos. But yeah. I agree. Well, Continue. I'm not. Okay. Look, I'm not. Anyway, it's just a great way to track your poos and you can follow other people. So like me and my sister and my best friend, Steph, we all follow wow. each other and you make a profile and then every time you poo, you log it. Ha! <laughs> What's You know, log. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said a moment of realising how weird it was. No. And you log it. <laughs> <laughs> you log it on a map and you can you can just see where you've pooed, how often you you poo, like what what's your average daily, like mine's one point six. Because sometimes I poo more than once, sometimes three times, and yeah. then you can see, and you can add a photo if you want. If you want, I mean, I have never added a photo, um, only like of my feet, or <laughs> like sitting on the toilet, or of my face, <laughs> feeling content, but never of my. Anyway, if you're interested in knowing, um, you know, it's fun. So you know. So if somebody wants to track your shits online, how would they do this? They can't. I'm, I'm on private. Oh. But you can make yourself public if you mm. want. I don't want people to know. Especially like because I always poo in my house. Oh, yeah. And I don't want people to know where my house is. I'll just see where I poo most and they'll fi- find me and come kill me. This is for shitting so much. It's the one thing <laughs> that's stopping people from murdering you is knowing where you shit the most. Yeah. Um, great. Well, mine would be boring because I always poo at home because I would avoid pooing anywhere else oh my god i poo all over the place i do not i like to have <laughs> you're one of those people that can't poo. well you know if you gotta go you gotta go that's what i that's i what, mean that's yeah, my sometimes motto. it's inevitable but no thank you just drop your plop you know what's really bad about um drop your plop. you know what's bad about being an actor sometimes there's very early call times and like my bowels are on a fairly regular schedule same yeah so it's sort now of like, i know that mm, now yeah well good but then sometimes you get a thrice poo but you know i usually get up at like at the moment it's been like quarter past seven seven thirty i have a coffee and then my my body is like it is time but you know if i'm on set or something or even whatever i have to get up early for getting on set is annoying because i used to have to get up at like you know three in the morning i would have a coffee no poo would happen and it would be like right after i get into my like fucking three layer costume or something that it'd be like now's the time alex and i'd be like well i can't now I can't take off chainmail to take a dump on set. Like, it's not going to happen. Chainmail! <laughs> I always have that problem. Can't get out of my bloody chainmail fast enough when I shit right through I'm the holes. strapped in. You can barely <laughs> barely get your wheelie out to have a wee. It's very wheelie difficult. Wheelie out. Your wheelie out to oh. have a wee. Anyway, I think we've fucked, like, crapped on for too long here. Yeah. We were worried that we would have <clears throat> lost our magic. Maybe I shouldn't admit that. <laughs> Whatever. My recommendation, the only thing that I can think of right now is not what I thought of earlier, but I would recommend Disney Plus because ah. they have just added Star, which is a bunch of these different shows that I was not able to watch legally and I was trying to avoid, you know, I'm like, I don't want to watch these illegally, so I'm just not going to watch them. And so people have been telling me to watch Bob's Burgers for ages. Oh, I've heard of that. I've yeah. never watched and also Solar Opposites, which is by one of the same people who does Rick and Morty and has the same animation style. I've wanted to watch both of them for Yonks, but I couldn't do it legally in Australia because Australia always gets left behind with these sorts of things. And now Star has them. Star has American Dad, Family Guy, Solar Opposites, Bob's Burgers, Futurama. Like they've got, I love adult cartoons. And now Disney Plus has this new channel called Star. And it's a lot of these American shows that we didn't have accessible to us before. And it's so much better. Nice. Yes. Okay, well, should we get into our um, subject of the week? Yes, we shall. Um, today we're going to be talking about following your dreams. Yeah, or not. Or not, which, you know, both are totally fine, but mm. we're not groomed to believe this, are we? No, we're not. 
So we're going to be talking about the difference between earning a stable income or following your passions. And yeah, I mean, it's kind of a a little bit exclusive to creative people, I guess, in a way. Um, Well, I mean, it could be like... Well, it could be someone well, who's, you know, wants to take a risk and do something entrepreneurial, like they yeah. work in a restaurant. No, or... true. Yes, very true. Yeah. Um, so we just want to talk about, how, like, I guess the perks of having a stable income, doing something that maybe you don't like, that doesn't energize you in comparison to following your passions and doing something you love, um, but not having a stable income and what the difference is and what what is more stressful in the long run. Mm. And yeah. Um, mm. I guess the bottom line is you need money to live. You do. But money does not buy happiness. Um, although it definitely helps in, um, you know, general survival. Yeah. Money doesn't buy happiness, but constant, uh, financial stress also does not buy happiness. So it's sort of like a it toss It can't up. buy happiness. It, it can't buy anything. Nothing to buy. <laughs> <laughs> nothing to buy with. <laughs> Evil. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so it, this just made me think of when I when I lived in London because I'm so worldly. You sound like you're from London. I'm from London. When when I lived in London, terrible. Um, Stop it. <laughs> when I lived in London, I was obviously a lot more exposed to a lot of creative things, lots of big productions over there, and I got a lot more like on set time as an extra, pretty much. But it was good. And I was meeting loads of creative people. A lot of people there are entrepreneurial. There are a lot of people in a similar situation to me, I would say, which was great. But I got paid a lot worse. And it was sort of like, I was stressed a lot. Never been so stressed money-wise because it was a lot harder to sort of live there following this creative aspiration. And it was a lot of times I was like, well, should I just go back to Australia where it's a lot easier to live with a lot less financial mm-hmm. burdens? Yeah. Mm. So I guess this is like the crux of the topic here. What is better? There's positives and negatives to both. Correct. Yeah. To that. There's benefits to both, but there's also consequences Consequences. of both. So. Mm. Well, I guess we should just start off with our own experiences at the moment, right? Yep. So maybe I'll do mine first because it's faster. Yeah, go. As, As I mentioned earlier, I had four jobs and then I ditched three of them well I didn't ditch three of them essentially like I was tour guiding I was working in retail I was doing kids entertaining and I was acting and essentially the three things that weren't acting were just there to support acting when it came up but as it so happens acting was the only sort of work that stuck around once COVID hit and now that's my only job essentially uh but you know it's it's difficult because particularly at the moment I'm searching for a job but I'm really stuck on what the right move forward is from here because searching for a job outside of acting outside of acting right. yeah because i'm not getting enough like acting work isn't consistent enough or stable enough i think that i can really rely on it right long-term. but is that your dream are you following your dream this is the thing it's like well i guess i'm following my dream but then like how realistic do i need to be here like do i need to get like should i put all my eggs in the acting basket mm. now now that fate has decided i don't have my other jobs anymore or should i try and get something more stable long term while I keep doing acting, because historically it hasn't been stable at all. But until I got this TV show, Street Friends, (laughs) (laughs) like, you know, a couple days ago, I was definitely, a a couple months ago, I was like having this massive crisis about like, well, maybe I put all my eggs in the wrong basket and now is the time to change baskets. Mm. Well, I guess we talked about this in our pilot episode where it's like, if you want to follow your dream in quote quotation marks um you kind of have to if it's in a creative field such as acting for example you kind of have to slog it and focus on that entirely and try your hardest but it's like okay well that's fine but like unless you've got some money sitting around or a means to get by um when you're not making an income like how do you make that your single focus Mm. and i've I've heard a few times starving yeah, without, yeah, while still having enough money to stay alive, pay rent, pay bills, do yeah. everything else. And I, that kind of comes up with the whole, like, nine to five thing, trying to keep us tired. And, yes. you know, we can't really pursue anything that we really want to pursue because we literally can't because we're working all the time to stay alive. It's like thrust into life and now you have to keep yourself alive. But also you mm. need to try and be pursuing things that you love and 
doing all these other things and it gets very difficult very fast. Well, there's a weird, I, I feel like there's a sense of um, expectation. It's like you have to be uh, brave and go follow your dreams and do what you love. And everyone always applauds that kind of thing. But then as soon as you sort of leave everything to follow that, people sort of look at you and like think maybe you're not serious, maybe you're not adult enough. And I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I get what you're Do you know saying. what I'm saying? It's like yeah. you kind of have to be responsible at the same time. Mm. Like, that's mm. great that you're following your your dream, but also, yeah, how are you going to get by? How mm. are you going to further yourself in life? How are you going to have money? Yeah. And particularly, I, I think acting is really interesting because people, are either, they're very judgmental regardless, I think. It's sort in of the like, acting world? Well, or... people who aren't actors. Well, in the acting world, but I'm speaking about when, oh. when, like, when I meet somebody new. And they say, like, like the first question you ask when you meet someone new is, like, what do you do? What do you do? Yeah. And for a while... And that's I, your whole identity. That's your whole identity. Because it's, like, it's people trying to, like, establish where you are in the social hierarchy compared to them. Yes. Um, so, you know, if you meet someone, someone's like, oh, I'm a doctor. It's like, ooh, a doctor. And if you're an actor, I find that, the se- like, the first question, what do you do? I'm an actor. Second question, what have you been in? Like, they want you to quantify, Proof, qualify yeah. it immediately. And it's like, sort of like... You- have you made it or have you not? Yeah, like, yeah, pretty much. So like, are you an actor or are you an actor? And it's very yeah, much like... Like, yeah. are you a working actor or are you still trying to be an actor? Yeah. Which yeah, is so... pretty much. Yeah. Like, people are so in awe of somebody who has regular acting work or anyone who's, like, been on TV. Yeah. But somebody who's trying to do that, they're very judgmental of it. Particularly, yes. I think, in Australia. Um, sorry, Australians, but how it is. Um, I'm sure it's like that everywhere. A lot of places, but there, there are places that are more like entrepreneurial. I was reading this really interesting article about people who decided not to come back to Australia during COVID. And all yep. of them were saying similar things like people from Vancouver, people from London saying like a lot of people in Australia on average have more like sort of stable, normal quotation mark jobs and they don't have so much this entrepreneurial thing um, or they're not so creative. And I think it probably comes from the fact that like things like the film industry, I keep referring to acting because that's what I... You know, that's where I am. But from a film point of view, there's not that much in Australia. It's starting to pick up now because it's a safe place to film. But a lot of our TV is reality TV. Like, there's not that many acting opportunities here. So I think you just don't get that same level. Like, people are mm. more, like, realistic. Um, like, a lot of my friends here have houses, indicating I do. Married <laughs> with houses. A lot of them are having babies at the moment. Whereas if I think about my friends in London... Like, one of them is engaged, and that is it. Hmm. No one has kids. No one owns a house. Like, everyone was more sort of, like, my level. Um, it's not that everyone, you know, you have to be on a level or anything's a race, but it's sort of, it's it's very sort of the interesting. same yeah. stage of life as you are. Yeah, and there's definitely different pressures, I feel. Even though nobody says to me, like, you need to sort your life out, I kind of get that vibe, but I could just be, like, you know, inflicting that upon myself. And yeah, no you never reason. know. You don't really know what other people are thinking. But I don't know if I've gone on a random fucking big old tangent here. I don't know what my main point was. Um, um, well, you were just talking about your career, I guess. Yeah. Like if I, once I can openly be like, this is the show that I'm on, people will probably be like, oh my God, that's so amazing. Blah, 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 blah. Like they'll be like, oh, you're a real actor. Well, I guess the difference is, I mean, because acting is something, I mean, any anything in the creative field is so um, unpredictable. Mm. So I guess you start out, you know, with acting, it would be one gig every now and then. And until you're, I guess, a regular working actor where mm. you're doing something almost full time or every week and you have a steady income, is that is that what people look for when they decide, okay, like, yeah, he's serious. Yeah, he's made it. Like, you can be an actor to survive mm. and live and that be your only income. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I like, do you have to hit a certain point? Well, I don't know. But also, I feel like a lot of people don't know where like, that point how it is. works. Yeah. You know? Like, the advice I randomly get from well-meaning relations and friends and stuff is sort of like, that's not how acting works at all. But, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't really know. I, if just, like, recently I was on a billboard around Melbourne. You were. I am. I've been Your on a sexy few. mug. Oh, thank you so much. I did like a photo shoot and like a seven second commercial for something. And I got loads of messages of people being like, oh my God, I saw you. Oh my God, congratulations. Which is really nice. But there's, you know, a pessimistic side of me that was sort of like, 
so do you think I'm like legitimate now that you've seen me on a billboard? Like yeah. I did one day of work and everyone's like, look at you, like kicking gold, being an actor. And I'm like, yeah, it was one day though. I got like 500 bucks. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I'm hardly like a consistently working actor now. I guess cause it's quite unique. I mean, I, the thing with the creative arts is like, unless lots of people have eyes on your work, mm. is anyone really going to know what you've been doing? Hmm. Or how yeah. you're making your money. Do you know what I mean? It's different for someone who um, works in an office. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, you're not going to publish. You know, it's like Look a different... It's a yeah. different scope completely. Mm. Mm. Also, I feel like... I don't know if I'm jumping ahead too much here, but I feel like it's hard with something in the creative field because there's, like, less defined goals or less Mm. like tangible targets in a way yeah because it's like i remember earlier in the year i had a crisis was wondering if like i should leave acting and focus on something else because acting was just causing me too much stress yeah and then you and Catherine were like you've done more than any of anyone else that i know Mm, for acting and that was like that was like a in my head i was like what no what Mm, have i you have i mean of all the people i went to uni with I think you've probably done the most out of anybody that Mm. I know Mm. individually, like Mm. on your own. Whereas sometimes I'm just like, I have done nothing and I've wasted my whole twenties. No, I mean, look at your resume Mm. of acting of all the things you've done. I've got Mm. one thing since I left uni, a show for fringe. That's it. It's a good show. I mean, it's not, that's it, but it's just like in comparison, like Mm. you've been working hard on chasing your passion. Mm. I haven't. <laughs> Speaking of which. Yes. Um, yeah. So I, um, I just resigned from my job last week. Congratulations. Which was a big thing. Uh, yeah. I don't know if congratulations are in order, but thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. It was a really tough decision to come to. Um, I'm not going to go into detail, but yeah, I've just been on struggle street a bit and you know, with, with my health and with my mental health, I wasn't really feeling fulfilled in the job that I was doing, which was, I guess, one factor in a big, in a variety of things going on in my life that was really affecting my day-to-day life. Um, and I, I yeah, I, I, I didn't really know what to do, but I sort of hit a, hit a point where I was like, gosh, I'm, I'm not really doing what I want to be doing with my life. Like I'm 28 pretty soon. I'm going to want to like have kids. And I, I kind of thought that <laughs> by now I'd be on track with really like what I was, what I'm wanting to pursue in life. Mm. But then I realized, well, I don't actually know what that is. So anyway, I decided that I, I needed a break. I needed a mental health break. I needed a physical break from um, working in general, which is, really huge for me because I've never not worked ever since I was 15. I've Mm. never not had a a job. So I don't know what I'm going to do with myself, but um, I think it'll be really good to like hit the reset button and have a break, have a rest and figure out what I um, really want to be doing with my life. I really want to, I mean, I kind of half think that I'm going to have this time off and Somewhere in that time, I'm going to have an epiphany and be like, this is what I want to do. This Mm. is my calling. But I mean, I don't really know what that is, but I know that I want to spend my time off doing things that I enjoy, like really enjoy doing, like painting, singing, playing the guitar and drawing, I don't know, just artistic things. And hopefully that inspires me to like go out and get a creative job that I really like. Or start my own thing. Yeah. I don't know. And I'm in a very, very fortunate position where um, I live in a household with two incomes. So I'm able to not work for a short period. Um, Not that it will be easy, but of course, like not everyone is fortunate enough to have the option to just take a rest and Mm. figure shit out. But um, anyway, that's Mm. where I'm at. So it's been a bit tough. Yeah. I think it's very good in the long term and as you say tough it'd be a very difficult decision to make but i think mm. in the long term of it like you could keep trudging along in 
unhappiness. Yeah. But then in like a year or two's time, it'd be like, I'm so glad that I took those couple of months to sort some things out, which has really helped my projection from here. Yeah. I think it's hard, especially when you've been working in a job for so long, you kind of think, oh, well, I've, oh, well, that's the sunk cost thing. Yes. Should um, we get onto the sunk cost? Yeah, we can get onto that. It kind of ties into the sunk cost analysis, but like, I guess... Once you've been working in a job for something or you've been, or you've commit to something for so long, you, you like, you don't want to leave. It's harder to leave the longer you stay. Mm. And, um, it, it's kind of terrifying. Mm. Um, and for those of you who aren't aware, the sunk cost analysis, this is a definition from smart.com. So the misconception is that, um, you make rational decisions based on the future value of objects, investments, and experience. But the truth is that your decisions are very tainted by the the emotional investments you accumulate. And the more you invest in something, the harder it becomes to abandon it. Yeah. So you see this a lot with like divorces, for example. Yeah. Relationships. Any sort of relationships. Yeah. Yeah, Even like friendships. You just think like, but we've been friends for 12 years or something, but it's like, well, what if you know, if, if there's no hope for it in the future, if you're just different mm. people now, you should just be able to say goodbye to it. Yeah. I listen to it. This is coming up a lot. I find in a lot of podcasts, people are talking about, you need to look at more. If you example of a friendship, like you may have been friends with someone for 12 years, but if you met this person today, would you be friends with them? Would you still want them? And you, like, yeah. does this person add value to my life? Yes. Not saying that everyone has to add value, but like, well, does this, well, does this person yeah. bring you happiness or does this, is this relationship this... serving us anymore? Like yeah. both of us. Because the relationship has to be a two-way street as well. If totally. it's just all given no take, it's not going to work out. It's also just started raining. So sorry if you can hear that on the microphone. It has been raining up a storm in Australia. It's great. Literally. We needed the rain. My mm. roses look great. I'm now a person who looks yes. at their rose. I'm now a person. <laughs> I'm now a person who um, goes out the front and stares at their roses and Wonders wow, how domestic. how the plants are thriving. It's great. Maybe plants is your calling. Plants? Maybe you can start cultivating plants. I don't know enough about plants. Well, I just like them. What I am very it? good at taking care of them, though. I've not had mm. any plants die. I almost People did. talk about their plants dying all the time. Well, none of mine have died. Touch wood. Skipped kind hoods. I am. Um, um, yes, anyway. And um, I guess tying back into COVID as well, I think... For some reason during COVID, it did make a lot of people reflect on what yeah. they actually want in their lives. And I guess we were so limited to who we could interact with for how long we could interact with them. At some, at one point, we, we were only allowed outside for one, two hours at a time. Yes. Uh, to exercise for two hours at a time. Um, I think it was one hour for a while. One hour, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know, as I sort of sat back in my house like a hermit for for months and months Uh i really i think it gave a lot of people the opportunity i know it gave me the opportunity to sort of reflect on what's in my life and what do i value and what do i want back most yeah true you know Mm. so that was really Mm. that was really interesting i think that's a very good point and it goes back to when we were our social norms episode when we were talking about people being too busy to challenge the system, essentially working nine till five every day, but it ends up being seven till seven or whatever. Yeah. Um, even just working from home, because everyone had to work from home, freeing up those extra hours every day, I think gave people who, even people who managed to keep their jobs and were still working yes. every single day, it still gave them enough time to slow down enough that they were confronted with some uncomfortable truths. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of people did a lot of soul searching. Yes, um, I, I yeah. did. I reached out to people that I haven't spoken to in years, like Mm. years, because I was just doing so much reflecting and so much soul searching. Mm. Um, But yeah, I mean, speaking of the working from home thing, I mean, Nick and I have been working from home since we moved house. I mean, neither of us had traveled to our offices from our new house um, since COVID began until uh, January or February this year. Yeah. Um, it totally changed the dynamic of our whole lives. I mean, that hour or two either side of your nine to five job, we were not traveling. Yeah. We were at home. So, I mean, I got an extra hour of sleep every day, um, which was fantastic. Um, I didn't have to wear uncomfortable clothes. Neither did Nick. Tying back into like the suit wearing yeah. stuff and all of the um, 
pressures and expectations on what you're supposed to wear to work. We could work in our trackies and it was so great. And then after work, instead of spending time traveling home, we had time to just chill out before we had to make dinner or we had time to go to the shops and we could eat dinner early. Like it was just nice to just rest Mm -hmm. a bit more. Rain's quite loud, but hopefully that's calming for you all. So there's a great quote from Jim Carrey which I've always really liked and somebody sent to me when I was soul searching when I was studying science. And it goes something like this. You can fail at what you don't want, so might as well take a chance at doing what you love. Yeah, I love that quote. Yeah, it was originally about, if I'm remembering correctly, Jim Carrey's dad had it in him to be an amazing comedian, apparently, but he decided to take the safe route and he became an accountant or something. He ultimately got let go from that job and... The moral of the story essentially was like, well, he did the safe thing and he failed at that anyway. So you may as well take a chance and fail at something you love. Yeah. At least you know you've taken the chance. Yeah, that quote is so real. Mm. It's so real because... Yeah, I think a big reason why I haven't chased a lot of my creative passions is because I'm scared of not being good enough and I'm scared of failing and like, what will that look like? And I'm kind of like, well, I've also... Not that it's failing, but like I've also tried a lot of other careers that didn't really work out for me. And I guess, I mean, you wouldn't call it failing, but yeah, what it, what what would my life look like if I had just tried like to become a painter? Like what would that have looked like? Yeah. And if I failed at that, I could have been like, well, at least I tried. Yep. Instead, I'm like, well, I've never tried, but I'm scared of failing. So, yeah. You see these quotes about, and I'm going to butcher it, but like, imagine if, imagine if Einstein didn't think he was good enough, so he never shared any of his ideas, sort of thing. Yeah. And it's like, well, shit. And then I, I don't know why. Well, I guess I do. I always look at Trump, and I think oh. this is a perfect example of how anyone can fucking do anything that if their ego is big human. enough. Yeah. It's like, how the hell did you become president? But it's like. He wanted it so bad. He wanted it so bad. Also, I guess he had, like, family money and shit and whatever. But anyway, like, you know, people... There are so many people who are so capable and who deserve really good things. And they just don't think that they're good enough. Yeah, they lack the confidence. Yeah. Yeah. And this brings us into... I wanted to speak about limiting beliefs. So I got this definition from blog.trello.com. Learning beliefs are thoughts and opinions that one believes to be the absolute truth. They tend to have a negative impact on one's life by stopping them from moving forward and growing on a personal and professional level. In most cases, limiting beliefs are unconscious thoughts that act as a defense mechanism to avoid possible negative or lower vibrating emotions. So anxiety, frustration, sadness. So essentially it's our brain's way of stopping us from getting hurt by not trying in the first place yeah right yeah by trying to say to us like this is going to be uncomfortable protect protect you're not good enough don't try you'll get hurt so then we don't try and then Mm. we're just so unsatisfied with our lives then we get old and we're like why didn't i try when i was younger yeah because now i'm too old and my back hurts and i can't become a trapeze artist damn (laughs) missed my chance i can't become a trapeze (laughs) Just, I, I don't want to become a trap. <laughs> become a trapeze. Which <laughs> <laughs> was my dream. I long to lift. Um, which... <laughs> <laughs> like, we waste so much time. <laughs> we waste so much time thinking about wanting to do something or thinking about how we're not good enough to do something. Yeah. But then in the end, it's sort of like, like, I spent so long being like, I'm too old to start acting now. Yeah. When I was like 19. I was like, I'm too far behind. I will never be good enough. And then... I still wanted to do it anyway and I've ended up doing it but like stressing so much about it like I'm really jealous of those actors that seem to just be able to just go for it and not stop yeah and you often hear that the most successful actors are not those who are the most talented in drama school or whatever they're the ones that just never gave up on it yeah which like Mark Ruffalo went to like 3,000 auditions or something before he got I, something I agree but I feel like that's not always the case mm-hmm Go I feel on. like it's just not always the case. I think a lot of the time it's... I'm not saying that some people don't try. Hmm. Some people just know the right people. True. Some yes. people are in the right place at the right time and it's just luck. Um, and other people make their own luck, yeah, by yeah. trying yeah. really fucking hard. It's definitely not an even playing field. No, it's mm. not. 
Some people are way more privileged than others. Like it's just, ugh. it's hard to say. And I, I don't like the idea, sorry, not to like be like, I don't agree with you, but, but I, don't, I think we need to have discussions that aren't always the same. I don't like the idea of um, like, I don't know. Do you think like you have to try as hard as Mark Ruffalo to make it as an actor? I think you have to have that as a possibility in your head. Like, yeah, you may not, you may have to do 2000 auditions and have to do more. I just don't like the idea of the guilt of like, maybe I didn't try hard enough because there mm. are some people that give it a genuine go and they're just not getting their break. Mm. But you know, there's all these inspirational things that come out being like, I just kept trying and I tried for thousands and thousands of hours and thousands of auditions. Well, mm. like not everyone can do that. Yeah. And then you shouldn't feel guilty for not having that in you because that's just, that's insane. That's mm. not everyone, not everyone's capable of doing that. No. Do you know what I mean? I agree. No? Like even if you're like literally physical, physically capable of doing it, like maybe you just don't. Maybe you just you can't, you're you. not mentally capable. Like that's yeah. draining. Like it is. Yeah. For, like, for somebody like, I mean, for some people failing at something and being told no only drives them further hmm. and gives them more, um, more desire to, to get what they want. Hmm. I know that for me, like, I mean, it might just be a shitty personality trait, but when I fail, I'm like, oh, no, quit everything. Mm. But, I mean, that's just me. Mm. Take it or leave it, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, some I people, mean, everyone's yeah. different. Yeah. Well, I think this perfectly leads into our Mark Manson quote. True. Which is, Ladu. It is, um, what's your flavour of shit sandwich? So Mark Mans in Mark Manson's book, um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, he talks about what's your shit sandwich. So it essentially means um, what are you willing to suffer for and what energizes you? Um, what like do you what do you actually want and what what are you willing to suffer for in order to make that happen? Because everything mm. comes with suffering, correct? Correct. Everything. Well yeah. some form of suffering. Some form so of suffering, yeah. There's gotta be something that you've gotta either compromise on, um, or suffer for in order to achieve your goal. Mm. There's something you got to do in order to get places. If you want to be an actor, you might have to do X amount of thousands of auditions and not get any before you make it. Um, it goes with anything. If you want to be a doctor, you got to study for over 10 years in order to get it. Are you willing to suffer? Are you willing to put in that time of your life to get to that point or not? And if it's like not worth the journey to you, should that be your goal? Like, mm. should that be your ultimate desire. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, because he speaks a lot about people always look at, like, what do you want out of life? Like, what is your, like, what, what's, what's the good stuff? Essentially? Yes. What's your final goal? And people always, like, focus on that. But he, he uh, urges people to really look at, like, yeah, what, what are you willing to suffer for? Yeah. So what are you actually going to trudge? What drudgery are you going to drudge your way through yeah. in order to get there? Like, are you, yeah, are you willing to spend 10 years studying for med school or are you willing to spend 10 years of the uncertainty of not having any acting work? Yeah. Are you willing to do 10,000 hours of guitar lessons to become a good guitarist? Because he was talking about... Yeah, because, like, the end, the end goal looks so appealing, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And then you're just like, if I... If I, if I try, you know, that's what I really want. But mm. often I think people set their eye on that end goal and don't actually look at what's required to get there. Yeah. And I guess that's why a lot of people like drop out of their degrees and, and mm. stuff because like they, they, they're like, yes, I want to be a psychologist, but then they start studying psychology, learn all the ins and outs of it, even learn what it's like to actually be in that profession. And they're like, shit, like that's actually not what I want. Mm. And I guess you get the people that drop out and go, no, nope, I'm going to change. And then you get the people that stick with it because they're like, no, I've already invested this time. I've already invested mm. all of my energy into thinking that this is what I want in my life. I have to keep going, mm. even though it's sunk not, cost it might not be. Yeah. It's that sunk cost crap. Literal cost as well, because like a university degree oh, is expensive. Yeah. And you're like, well, I've already paid this money. And you end up in a degree, you end up in a job you don't want for 20 years after the degree you didn't like, because you're like, but I already started. Which I think, I actually wanted to talk about this as well. I didn't like that mindset because like when I was studying science, I got a year and a half in, I was like, I don't want to do this. I know that I don't want to work in this. I want to go do acting. And my parents, my parents are great. 
really supportive, um, love them. But their sort of mindset, which I think is quite normal for the generation above ours, is, well, you're already halfway through, you might as well finish it. Mm. Which at the time I was like, yeah, that makes sense, I guess. Like, Because you did already finish it completely, I, I didn't did finish it, yeah. Um, and you knew before the end that this is not what you wanted? Correct. I was about wow. halfway through and I was... You still finished it? No, I was 100% very much struggling with it. Um, yeah, and then, well, I, I finished it and got the degree and didn't use it. And it's like, in hindsight, it probably didn't make sense to finish it because that was just a year and a half of fees and time yeah. where I wasn't doing anything that I was going to use. I mean, wow. I am now studying nutrition and doing chemistry classes. I'm like, I'm kind of glad I did science because this chemistry is fucked. But like, I'd be, it'd be a lot more difficult. But at the same time, it's like, it's probably still not worth a year and a half of my life yeah. to do something that I wasn't ever going to use, you know? And my mm. friends at Monash... I've got a couple of really great friends from Monash and the rest of them were not nice people and it took a long time to leave them. Yeah. So like, I was like, I didn't even get like, you know, it wasn't even like <laughs> a great experience from a social point of view either. Mm. Um, but I mean, like that being said, the friends that I still have from there are very good friends. So maybe I can't complain too much about that. <laughs> no, I don't think you can. Yeah. It's sort of, it's a mixed bag. Whereas like my friends from Deacon, I'm like, oh great. I love pretty much, pretty much all of them. You were worth my whole degree. Oh my god, thank you. <laughs> you and Catherine. <laughs> I I think that as well. Like I'm like, well, if I didn't do science, I would have moved on to Deacon a year and a half earlier and I wouldn't have met you guys. Yeah, I know. I would have been it's a year just and a half crazy how everything works out. Yeah. It's so easy to have regrets about what you've done. But then it's kind of like, well, what are all the other positive things that have happened in the last five years of my life? Would any of that happened if I hadn't maybe made these mistakes or gone through with this? Mm. Probably not. Yeah, probably so not. So everything kind of works out, doesn't it? Yeah. And I guess um, we're not trying to shit on nine to five jobs either. No. <laughs> that's the other thing. Um, you know, I wish that's I was co- happy with what? that. So do I. 100%. I really wish I was content. But I get it depends on what your nine to five job is. Ultimately, if you're doing a job that you really love and your office job and you're, you're, in a, you're working in a field where, that you are absolutely passionate about... I mean, go for your bloody life. Hmm. I still don't really think we should be working nine to five in general, like that long. But anyway, um, I think the moral of this story is that, oh, just try and do what makes you happy as much as possible. Hmm. I realized in the last five years of my life, I haven't really done many of the things that I truly enjoy in life. Things that make me really energized and really happy. Hmm. It's always something that, I've done on the side. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what if I made that my thing? Like, what if yeah. that was my every day? Yeah. I love that you use the word energized as well. And I always quote Mel Robbins, but she says that everyone's always trying to look for their passion. And the passion isn't necessarily like, there may not be like this one thing that you're passionate about. You yeah. find this one thing, and you, as you said earlier, like have that epiphany. Yes. She encourages people to explore a lot of different things see what naturally energizes you and then try and do more of it. Yeah. And also look at what depletes you and try and do less of it. Yeah. Ties in back into the minimalism thing as well. Mm. Um, in a sense of minimalizing what um, doesn't add value to your life and what's not energizing you. Mm. Like you don't have to keep doing the things that don't fulfill you. Mm. I mean, everyone, ha- but then it comes back to everyone has to suffer. Yes. Everyone has to life do things. Life is thing- suffering. Well, yeah. Like, everyone has to do things they don't want to do. But if you're doing something you don't want to do, if you're suffering for something that ultimately is... If you're suffering for something that isn't furthering you, isn't If you're you suffering for life. something that isn't, yeah, furthering you or making you happier or um, getting you closer towards your goals, then why are you doing it? Mm. And it's even important to look at your goals. Like something recently... Maybe oh. I gotta write this. Maybe I gotta write my goals out. Write your goals out, people. Mark Manson again. Mark Manson. He's got a website. He's got this thing about like how to figure out your life purpose or something, and it's yeah. like a little ebook. And oh, he, really? Like, he breaks it down. You can go through it. It's very difficult on your soul, but it's oh. good. I think you should do it. Oh, I think I remember you talking about this. I think mm. I should do it because I have no idea what I'm gonna do with the next few months of my life or mm. where I'm gonna end up. But um... I think it's a good thing to do early on, just so you can like have it sitting in the back of your mind when you're exploring other stuff. Yeah. Mm, well, it's interesting. Mm. On a side note, I'm very proud of you for following your acting career. Oh my God. Thank you. I am though, because I look at what you do and I think, God, I would have given up by now. 
I mm. would have. Mm. I would have. Mm. I would have thought this is just too hard. But, and maybe that's how yeah. I know that looking at your journey, that maybe that's not for me. That's not my that's not my shit sandwich. Mm. Maybe. Maybe that's but, not my shit sandwich. Um, it's your shit sandwich, mm. I think. So you've got to and you're doing your really well. Thank you. You are though. I've got imposter syndrome. <laughs> so, yeah, well, everyone does, mate. I went, oh my god, when I was driving to set, I was like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> one of my first. Well, my first thought was like, fuck yeah, when I landed the role, and then my second thought was like, I fooled them and I'm not good. Well, <laughs> get you there. said to me, you messaged uh, me and Catherine, and you were like, guys, I don't think I'm ready for this. I was like, <laughs> why not? Like, you've been on set heaps of times, and you're like, yeah, but I don't think. I don't think I'm right for the role. I don't think I'm ready for this. I'm like, you literally auditioned and they picked you. <laughs> and they're like, yes, this person is right for the role and they're ready. So that's like, what more validation do we need? I don't know. Brains are just fucked. Brains like, brains like, like, oh, could get hurt. This is something different. Better not try. Better die in discontentment. I passed an audition, brain. You're a failure. <laughs> I practiced for hours and hours and hours. I even totally re-recorded it because I wasn't happy with the first round. Oh, you got the got the role after acting for 10 years. You're a piece of shit. You're going to disappoint You everyone. make it sound like you've done nothing. You've like got nothing else in 10 years and you've just <laughs> succeeded with one audition. That's kind Come of how on, I feel. Mate. This one it's role not. really like made me feel much more legitimate, which is dumb because it's just sort of like, why? Mm. Mm. Well, anyway... Moral of the story, uh, do what makes you happy. Life's too short. Life's too damn short. Yeah. And there are different ways, I guess, to do any of this, but would definitely recommend, like some people need to just, I think you just know, I think with your situation, I was like, you need to just fucking quit, mate. Some people may just slowly transition out. Some people may need to quit. And this is a point I think maybe we haven't emphasized yet. You need to look at what's going to have a greater emotional toll on you. Mm. Working a job every day that you hate or having the financial stress of quitting your job. Mm. Because you do sometimes, a lot of these success stories from people come from people who were earning, you know, six-figure salaries, doing it for 10 years and realized they hated their jobs, then they quit and they moved on to something else. But, but they, they had, had quite a bit of money. They had the money. Well, that's the money the, we didn't them. really talk about the benefits of um, working in a job that you don't really like mm. instead of maybe starting all over again. Yeah. I mean, you make money. You do make money. You make the mo. Financial security. You make the mo. That's not a thing. <laughs> the moolah. Moolah. Macht den Geld. Screaming. Dinero. Um. Yeah. I mean, you make you make good money, mm. and that also feels good too. Yeah. Saving money. Mm. Living comfortably. Mm. Good perk. It yep. is to be able to buy face cream. Wow. I think you know if you're the kind of person who can do that, though. Like, maybe if money is your driving force, that's not a big issue. But, no. Oh, what I was going to say before. Yeah, some people's, their goal is to own a house and buy a car. But this is why a lot of people have these midlife crises, because they work the job to the goal of owning a house and owning a car. And then they get to their 50s, they paid off their mortgage, and they're like, oh, now what? Oh, that's what I was putting all my dreams and aspirations onto. Oh, I don't know what to do with my life. Mm. Buy a nicer car. Like, buy a bigger house. Buy a bigger house. Buy a horse. Yeah. Buy a plane. Oh, I'm not content. Fly Shit. to the moon. Fly me to the moon. And something beyond the stars. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Should I become a singer? Oh my Full God. Time? Yes. Uh, yes. Go back to singing. Uh, I think we got to uh, wrap this up. We do. I have to go see my niece. Your niece. My little niece and my little fur nephew. But anyway, I'm going to go do that. Go do that. This was great to be back. Yes. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Um, we hope you have a great week or um, however long it takes us to make another episode. It Look, won't be another. <laughs> it won't be another 53 weeks, hopefully. Um, but I mean, you don't know the difference because we only just released it a week ago. But <laughs> you're it, welcome. We are changed humans to who we once were a year ago. We've seen too much. We've siested forever. 
and had many existential crises, a little bit dead inside. Our voices have dropped from the crushing weight of humanity. Have they? I don't know. I feel like my voice. I don't know. (laughs) Have has my voice dropped? My My voice. (laughs) My voice. I'm sorry, but you've thrown off the emperor's groove. (laughs) Sorry. For the last time, we did not order a giant trampoline. It's probably copyrighted. Oh. <laughs> the way your face just dropped. Like, <laughs> Do you pure reckon? joy to pure knowledge. Nah, you can quote shit. No, you can't. You can quote stuff. Um, that was from the Emperor's New Groove. 2001. No, hang on. Emperor's New Groove? Yes. Yeah. I, I for a second thought it was the Emperor's Groove, but that doesn't sound right. That was from the Emperor's New Groove. Just for suing purposes. And I'm also not going to name the fish and chip shop. You know, I don't want to be sued for my life and they'll take all my socks. Yeah, I should sue that. Why did I say they'll take all my socks? Um, I I can't get sued. I won't have any socks. Um, yeah. So, um. Once I use his legs 11. Yeah, I should sue them. They nearly killed me. Yeah. You could still die. We don't know. Maybe it was something in the oil. I feel fine today. So everything's fine. I just won't go back there again. But now we need to find a new fish and chip shop, which is really disappointing. No more fish and chips for you. Oh, no, I'll be getting fish and chips just, just from get somewhere else. Fish. Oh, yuck. <laughs> Filet fish is the worst burger on the McDonald's menu. I don't eat fish. Yeah, Alex doesn't eat fish. He's fishless. I'm fishless. Apparently, that's bad for my omega levels, but never mind. Oh, we've rambled again. Okay. Well, pip, pip. Pip pip. Follow us on all the socials. Yeah, follow us on socials. We're Two Flat Whites podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook. Um, and yeah, chuck us a follow. Share with your friends. Don't forget to subscribe um, so you get a notification when we release our next episode. Because who doesn't want to see that pop up on their mobile device? Leave comments, interact with us, get a conversation going, and tell us what you want to hear us discussing, rambling about next. Yes, and leave us a review if you do so, please. If you please so do. Oh. Ladu, baloo, Ladu, Ladu. Okay, all right. Cheerio. Well, cheerio. Bye, everyone. Boop. Lots of love. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> done.